at SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Well, certainly Sunday morning is what it is, and so much has happened in the last week. We talk brand communication, so I'm trying to sort of fiddle between, you know, the media side of things, but but even the fact that what happened uh, on Thursday, in fact, is is a brand communications issue. And in fact, we'll, we'll look at it from both sides. The, the most important one for now is to touch on what happened in Parliament from a media perspective. Of course, I'm talking about the jamming, right? So... That's the show. Welcome to the show. My name is Ashraf Ganda. Three great guests, great guests we'll talk to now. You can call in 0891 104207, uh, SMS to 34701. And if you're tweeting, tweet at Ashraf Ganda. Use the hashtag media show. Later on, we'll chat about the, the Sports Industry Awards. We'll very topically look at South Africa's uh, Protea Fire, not the results, the cricket, the campaign, the ad campaign, which I think is quite brilliant. But you can give me your thoughts about that. And on the other side of the news at uh, 10 o'clock, Sylvester Chowke, 15 minutes with him um, and, and where he's going with his career. I think you're going to really, really enjoy that. Okay, but let's start then with the issue of what happened in Parliament. And, you know, two things. So we're not discussing politics and the policy of political parties or in Kandla specifically, just so that you know that if you wish to call in, I'm not going to be concerned about that for now. I'm looking at this narrow path of uh, the issue of media freedom. What is the jamming? What did the jamming mean? What does it mean now in terms of devices? The fact that that was effectively overturned in Parliament, what does that mean? Uh, what's the response from people like the Right to Know, from from Senef? You know, what's the response now? I believe that there is some response. And what should be the response in, in, the, in the next few days and the future? Uh, so if you want to pick out literal meanings of it, if you look at symbolism, that's also absolutely fine. I've got three guests. Dale McKinley is with me, who's the accounting coordinator of the Right to Know campaign. Dale, good chatting to you once again. Hi. Hi, thanks. Thank you. And on the line, we have uh, Impomelelo Mkabela, who's the editor of the uh, of the Sowet and also chairperson of SENAF, which is the South African National Editors uh, Forum. Impomelelo, good chatting to you. Hi. Good morning, Ashraf. Yeah, good morning indeed. Andrew Trench also with me, who's the editor-in-chief of News24. Andrew, appreciate you chatting to us too. Hi. Hi there. Thanks for having me, Ashraf. Thank you. Okay. Dale, I'm going to start with you because you guys, when everybody else gets on with their, with their normal work, you know, like the Sowetan gets on with, with producing a paper every single day, your right to know continues with that very important point. We, as the people of South Africa, we have citizens, we have the right to know. With that in mind, what were your thoughts about what happened initially with regard to the, to the jamming of the devices? We're talking, of course, smartphones and cell phones and the Internet, essentially. Well, our, our response was it was outrageous, absolutely unprecedented. Um, I mean, I, we wonder, you know, what were people thinking? What was the executive thinking about putting a jamming device in Parliament for a State of the Nation address, which, of course, everyone has the right, particularly the media, to report on? and trying to prevent that. Uh, but it raises larger issues for us. I mean, of concern, I'm sure, to larger citizenry and to the media itself, which is, first of all, who ordered this? I mean, we, the, the, we have to know who did this. Well, is, is that in, why is that It's important because if indeed what the reports are correct, that it's state security, which is the only uh, government agency which has the capability of doing these things, the only person or the only entity that could have ordered this is the cabinet or the executive, and particularly the president. Is that the case? We need to know. Uh, the responses so far by the parliamentary officers as well as the president have been completely evasive and in fact dismissive, which is very concerning in itself. 
So that's the one thing. Uh, the, the role of the presiding officers in particular, this is an ab abrogation of Parliament's own rules and duties. So th there's a whole range of potentially unlawful and, and very worrisome uh, trends uh, that this shows okay. up. Okay, and, and what does that all mean? Right. Andrew Trench, just give me your opening thoughts. Hi. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Mano um, completely aligned to Dale's. I mean, I think we're, there's a consensus here. I mean, I mean, I was, uh, you know, watching the kind of initial sort of suggestions coming out of Parliament on, on Thursday night, um, suggesting that had been jamming. To be honest with you, um, I made it with complete disbelief. I thought it was, uh, you know, like, um, I mean, an absolute sort of, like, wild rumour. I couldn't imagine in, in, in my wildest dreams that in a democracy, in the... In the, in the absolute seat of our democracy, that we would be witnessing something like this. Okay, good point. We'll certainly tackle that in a second. In Pumalelo in Cabela, was, was it the case of in your wildest dreams that, that you didn't expect this? Or at the back of your mind, maybe Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, say there's a chance, given what was promised by the EFF, uh, that it was expected? No, Ashraf. I mean, of all the worst things that you could have expected to happen in Parliament, a jamming of uh, cell phone device or of cell phone signals is something that one would never have anticipated in a democratic South Africa. So it came as a shock, um, which is why um, two hours or so before the sitting, we tried everything to alert the officials because initially we thought perhaps there was an error somewhere and that it could be corrected. And as we were briefly negotiating with them to open up, it became clear that there was a decision taken somewhere and it had to be enforced. Mm. Because, because what was very interesting is at the time when there were initial objections, when, when, when Parliament had just started, right, um, uh, certainly the, the presiding officers were clearly not surprised when the request was made to say, you know, people don't have access to the Internet. There was no surprise and shock from the, from, from, from the, well, from the podium, isn't it? Do, do you agree with that? And, and what does that mean? They were not surprised at all. Um, it became evident uh, when the, some members of Parliament uh, uh, raised concerns about the, 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 the termination of the signal, that the speaker was not shocked at all, and she in fact wanted to proceed uh, with the proceedings of the uh, sitting mm. um, without that thing being addressed. And they had to say, no, we can only proceed subject to you addressing that issue. So three times or so, the, the members of parliament had to uh, uh, and, uh, uh, make sure that she concedes to uh, the, the, her responsibility to investigate and to undertake not to do this thing again, so it was quite clear that she knew what was happening. And given what was happening in the chamber, the uh, communication between the deputy president and the minister of uh, uh, state security, uh, uh, with all of that uh, hustling behind the scenes, and eventually the signal was back. It, it is clear that uh, it's something that they knew, and uh, uh, someone had instructed it to be carried out, and it was being enforced, despite our appeal long before the sitting that, uh, we need to transmit information to the public. They must stop doing this thing. Of course, they wouldn't listen. Okay, so the big question then is, so we've had the jamming, we've had the State of the Nation uh, address come and go and interrupted and, and then continued, uh, but the jamming is what we're talking about, and the question now is, so what needs to happen now? And I'm looking at it primarily from a media perspective. So let me just make this clear. If you wish to comment or call in, I'm not really discussing the EFF or the DA. We're looking at, uh, or even the ANC. It's, it's Well, certainly at the ruling party, I think that will come through. But I'm very curious to know what needs to happen now from a, from a media perspective. So, so Dale, what needs to happen now? Well, the first thing is we need to have a, a 
investigation into who ordered uh, the jamming devices. Someone has to take responsibility. Um, and this, unfortunately, has been a general trend of no one wanting to take any responsibility. The second thing is, is that there's confusion over the policy. Uh, ICASA has come out, and this is very interesting. We've just done some research. They've come out and said, well, look, you know, the state security agencies in particular circumstances can use jamming devices. And yet the government gazette, which is the law, uh, shows that basically it's not allowed anywhere. It's only under special legislation. So you're very clear that, that essentially it's, it's illegal. Well, that is our understanding, and ICASA needs to come out very clearly because the, we have laws. We have regulations. And if regulations and laws have been abrogated and broken, then someone needs to take the responsibility. That's the main question. Okay, so here. that's the one thing. Andrew Trench, what needs to happen? Well, I mean, I think, um, I mean, there's a lot on the go. I mean, as um, Pumi can um, speak to from a from a Sanus point of view, and there's a lot of um, very direct action on the go. But um, I agree with Dale. I mean, I think we need to understand, um, you know, who's behind the instruction. Um, it really goes to the heart of, you know, I mean, was there um, a violation of the separation of powers and was the executive acting beyond, you know, any imagined uh, mandate? And I, I mean, I think what's very interesting, I mean, uh, I mean, what we were involved in um, from a Media 24 point of view on, on Thursday night, literally within half an hour before the speech uh, taking place, um, we instructed our attorney, Willem de Klerk, to issue a, a letter of demand to Parliament um, um, around the issue of jamming. And I mean, in the course of him doing that, I mean, he actually spoke to senior parliamentary officials, including the, the head of legal services, who has given us an... Uh, who gave us um, on the evening an absolute undertaking that there was, in fact, no block... Um, on communications, and she didn't know what we were talking about, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I mean, every sort of um, you know, piece of evidence sort of indicates that uh, senior parliamentary people were kept out of the loop on this, mm. um, which uh, you know points you know the finger at you know, at people who should have have no business interfering in parliament. And okay. I think you know someone needs to um, pay the price. I mean, okay, well, certainly know, some, somebody's done violation. something. Yeah, somebody's some, certainly done something in Pumalela in Kabela. Now, are you from from well, some from the Sawatan, but also from Senate. So, I'll ask you about what what's already happening. But do you think it's conceivable that a single person will make that decision? From where we sit, of course, there was uh, um, some kind of collaboration of sort because it's inconceivable that the speaker would um, uh, install uh, such a would instruct the installation of such a device uh, on her own. Um, it's obviously a decision that was taken uh, somewhere, and she would have obviously required the cooperation of the state security agencies to do that. So, by the look of things. It was um, a, a, a terrible, if you not, a very dangerous cocktail of cooperation between the executive and the and, and, and parliament. Try and, and create an island out of our democratic parliament from being isolated completely from uh, from the people that it's supposed to serve, and trying to channel them to see only one side uh, of the story. I must say, Ashraf, the signal issue is directly linked to. A disruption of broadcast uh, feed. Um, you see, when there's a disruption uh, mm -hmm. in the house, the mm -hmm. rules which we think are unconstitutional and we're challenging them in court say that um, the, the, the cameras of parliament should move away from the scene of the incident and focus on the speaker. So mm -hmm. people at home would blame the SAPC for uh, not broadcasting the real thing that's happening. But the truth is that the SAPC gets a feed. That is provided by Parliament. Yeah, Parliament I, 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 I think, I mean, you, you're quite right, Dave. If anything, if, if anybody 
made the effort to swap to all the channels covering it. The feed was exactly the same feed. So, so none of us had a choice whatsoever in, in that matter, right? But, but let's just ask you this then, right? So, because we don't, I mean, nobody has owned up at the moment, right, in Pumi? Is that right? Uh, nobody, has, n- nobody has owned up at the moment. The Speaker, when he was asked by members of Parliament who were concerned about this before the proceedings could begin, she could not immediately say, what the problem was and who, who started okay. it and who instructed right. so, so because um, So because nobody has owned up, the next question is like, why was it done? We also don't have an answer. Is that right? We, we, we don't have an answer, but we can only speculate given the, um, uh, given the, the, the trend of, the, of disrupting broadcast feed. I think, I think, in my opinion, it would have been uh, unthinkable or uh, 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 it would have rendered that strategy useless if you, if you disrupt broadcast feed while at the same time provide cell phone signal, which would have allowed us to transmit directly uh, to the public what was happening. So you had to do both strategies, disrupt broadcast feed and disrupt uh, the signal. And then in that way, you have got total, total control of what, of what the public should see out there. Mm. Um, and the danger with this thing, Ashraf, and we are very, very sad to say this. You remember pre-94. In terms of the pre-94 constitution, parliament was sovereign. In other words... You couldn't question anything that was uh, that the parliamentarians and you know the whole system was doing. In post ninety four, Parliament is no longer sovereign. It can't take decisions like that. The sovereignty of the country is now vested in the constitution. So whatever Parliament does must comply with the constitution. So to do the kinds of things that happen now, our people must appreciate the the, the serious uh, political significance of it, especially if it's done by people you would have expected would have would have actually mm-hmm. advocated for the opposite. All right, we'll talk about that significance. Uh, uh, as far as the TV signal is concerned, uh, Dale McKinley from The Right to Know, just your thoughts, is it normal for, for there to be a parliamentary uh, TV coverage, in this case a parliamentary feed, and not anybody else, not the SABC, not ETV, not whoever else would have covered it, well, whereas we all then just feed off that feed? Is that Well, the, the, and under normal circumstances, there would probably be nothing wrong with that. But what we've had, this is not the first instance where we've had inst- institutions of, like Parliament, basically trying to cut off certain scenes in Parliament. Remember the first disruption. And remember previous ones where the television cut back and didn't show us what was going on on the floor. Mm. So to me, this is part, if you want to try to say, why did this happen? Or is there something broader in this context? We have an executive that has shown itself and a parliament that has shown itself to basically want to cut and control information that is going out to the public. So if whether it's free flow of information with regards to accessing what parliament is doing, its own business or if it's what's going on on the floor and manipulation of TV signals and sound signals this is not the first time this has happened what we've gone is we've gone much further now we have a jamming device which basically cuts and and can control that so Mm. there is a pattern here this is not something that just comes out of uh, the blue in the sense it's gone way too far Mm -hmm. but we have a situation which we've said over the last several years where this administration in particular has been basically cutting and managing information around the security cluster and the security cluster is is people must remember we had the protection of state information bill it's still sitting on the president's desk that would have allowed parliament to do this that would have allowed the state security if, if it was if it was correct through, right. so okay. if, there's a politics here as well All right well well andrew trace let me put this to, to you you know the freedom front plus leader just just after what happened in parliament was asked about well his views and he was very clear in fact to say i'm very concerned about about how this is coming through globally in terms of the image it has on south 
Africa. Now, we understand that fr- that uh, protection of information bill hasn't yet been pushed through, or it's been you know watered down, or or, or modified in some form or the other. But but that point in terms of what Parliament will say, keeping in mind the the, the we all knew about the possible threat even before. The opening of Parliament it didn't happen with one minute to go. Can they use that when it comes out? Can they use this thing to say a bad image of a disruption in Parliament is in fact not in the national interest? Hmm. Therefore, uh, we have to be selective with the feed that we show to the country and to the world. I mean, I'm sure they could make that argument, but I, mean, I think they would be laughed at. And um, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it clearly wouldn't. I mean, any argument like that wouldn't um, uh, pass any um, uh, constitutional test. Um, you know, weighed up against. You know, the imperatives of transparency and uh, freedom of speech and and freedom of the press. Okay, I wonder what. Yeah, if you say that it, it, it means that uh, and Parliament sets that kind of precedent, uh, which, by the way, legislation uh, it would actually mean that all state organs uh, can actually decree that uh, the media must never publish anything that the government thinks is bad for the country. Mm, and mm, you can mm. imagine where we're going if you begin to think like that. And that, that, that has serious implications, understand. Okay, there's been some callers. If you've been holding for a while and, and we've lost you, please call back. I'll take you right away. In fact, my apologies for that. 0891 uh, Some questions by SMS. I I'm having sleepless nights as citizens, democracy under threat in South Africa. Uh, Jim Dimba saying it's obvious that striking workers are responsible. Why continue to debate this? Why is it that obvious, striking workers? We know about that as well. There's also the question of the cameras in Parliament not showing what is happening when the security forces ejected the EFF. Yes, we've just chatted about that right away. And even here at uh, the uh, Malamulele, our signal of independence has been jammed. Whatever that means, I'm not really quite sure. But okay, I'll get to calls in a minute. The important one uh, in Pumulele and Kabela, the what? What needs to be done now? now in fact, Senef is already doing something because you had a meeting of sorts yesterday. Right? Tell me about that. Yes, we, 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 it was our normal council meeting, and this thing obviously was top on the agenda. And then our decision was that we would um, challenge it in court. And I know uh, uh, three different organizations are already were already uh, uh, facilitated that they uh, talk to each other. And then we will also be part of the uh, uh, court uh, challenge. Because we want an, um, uh, an undertaking uh, from uh, uh, from Parliament that they won't jam a cell phone signal again, but we want that to be a court decision, which cannot be uh, overturned. And we also want um, a, 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 a direct access to Parliament to set up our camera systems in Parliament so that we don't rely on the parliamentary broadcast feed, which can be manipulated uh, at the will of the presiding officers and their officials. Let's get to some of the calls. Arthur from uh, from Durban, I think it is. Hi, Arthur. Hey, Ashraf, how's it, man? Yeah, very good. Sorry for the delay. Uh, Go ahead. No uh, problem. Uh, my opinion is that the jamming was orchestrated and instituted by people's unknown. Okay, and the hope was that they could uh, proceed with the ejection and all the debacle before the Sona speech. That's my point. Okay, that's that's your opinion. Thanks for that. Kefilwe uh, and Soweto, go ahead. Hi. Hi, Ashraf and your guests. I think for me, it's just the lack of conscience. And I think we've got leaders who are not conscientious. Tandy Mudisa and Malek are sitting there. They were not surprised that there was a jamming of, of the signal. And I think that for me, well, maybe for a lot of us, that is very disturbing when you have leaders who don't have a conscience. Because 
they were not surprised that there was a Okay, we, we got, we're asking you the question, what should happen next? I think they must step down. First and foremost, Tanji Modisa killed pigs. Balagambete is funded by gold fields. So okay, but, the, but that's another debate. Down. I mean, you know, that's another whole debate. We talked about on the merits of what happened in Parliament itself. If you were, thanks it, for that. It, it says we need leaders with a conscience. Okay, thank you leaders so much. Leaders with no okay. conscience must step down. Thank you so much. Somebody said, well, why, why just them? What about everybody else? I thought what is interesting... Uh, uh, Dale, you can give me this, your view on this one. The fact that the ANC, in fact, if I, if I understand correctly, have come out and, and actually also objected strongly to the, to the jamming devices. So is, is that significant? That is the ruling party, of course. It is the ruling party, but I think in, in political terms, the ANC had no choice but to come out publicly. I mean, the ANC is not going to come out in support of, of something mm -hmm. so absolutely unconstitutional. And I think uh, one of the callers hits the nail on the head here. It was the attitude of the leaders when this was... Zuma was laughing. He actually laughed and it sort of brushed it off as if this is nothing big. So, so those cameras, by the way, were not seen by the official cameras, but those who had their mobile phones, they were there Correct. for unjammed. Thank they goodness that we could, we could pick it up. Yeah. And, and then that's incredibly worrying when the president of our republic is seen to be laughing and basically dismissing something that is of huge importance um, and goes to the heart of our democracy. So we do have to question whether or not there is some kind of difference. I mean, and there has been. It was with the secrecy bill. There was opposition within the ANC. There's clearly divisions. There's clearly those who think this is probably outrageous, as we do. There's others who clearly don't think it's a problem at all. And this is this is very worrying. Mm. But what does it mean uh, for for our country as things stand, uh, Andrew? Well, uh, in the context of media freedom, of course, right? Yeah. Um, um, post the Thursday night, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, Feral Hathaway was saying something broke, you know, and. I mean, I think that's what's what's very concerning. But I mean, I, and I mean, I definitely share those views. I mean, that definitely seems to be, you know, uh, you know, something of a crisis in our democracy. But the flip side of it for me, I mean, that I'm also finding very encouraging. I mean, if you looking at the responses of lots of ordinary citizens, I mean, people are not seeing what we're talking about from a German point of view as, you know, an isolated media freedom issue. I mean, I'm seeing many ordinary people connecting this issue to. You know their right to know. I mean, as citizens, and 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 a, a, a very deep understanding of the fundamental role that Parliament plays in our democracy. And I think, I mean, if anything good can come out of this, is that you know um, citizens are concerned, and and there's an extension. Of, I mean, in their view, from of a of a, a media freedom right, you know, to directly connect to the rights of of you know of ordinary citizens. Mm. Now, in Pomelo, in Cabela, uh, you know, going back to all those years ago, P.W. Bota did not cross the Rubicon. Uh, then there was a sense from others that FW did. I'm suggesting, in fact, we've also crossed a new sort of Rubicon. On all Rubicons, we crossed not necessarily good things. Have we crossed, I'm talking of Thursday night, in terms of media and in terms of the managing of the country, have we crossed a Rubicon uh, that, that leads us into an area that, that we are, that is a very, very unsafe area for this country? Well, when we begin to think about it in those terms, you literally get scared and that we thought we had gone off past all those dark days. And, and you wouldn't expect the people who fought against those dark days to be bringing back elements that were at the heart of those dark days. That is the sad part of it. And I'm worried that the quality of our democracy is being tempered with. Um, you know, our constitution is celebrated as the best in the world. And one of the reasons why it, it, it's like that is because of things like um, provisions for freedom of expression and for freedom of the media. Every time when, and, and of course the whole Bill of Rights, um, mm, mm, it's mm. at the heart of um, our political civilization uh, post-1994. Uh, now we have got things like 
these that have happened in Parliament. When the rankings are released next time, global rankings on freedom of speech and freedom of the press, I don't know where we will be going. We will be somewhere, we will be hitting rock bottom. And it shouldn't be like that because the rules that we have uh, um, should be putting us number one in the world. But the rules are just rules. You have mm -hmm. to uh, implement them. And of course, we have to weed out the elements in those rules that are making politicians find loopholes to do the kind of undemocratic practices that we saw uh, on Thursday. And that I'm talking about it. That those rules uh, in Parliament which are not in line with the Constitution. Okay, now now the purpose of the, of the signal jamming was obviously to conceal the truth. I mean, that's the literal understanding very clearly. And, and the same with one parliamentary TV feed only, right? With, with that in mind, in Pumalela, do you, you think we'll ever find out the truth? Well, I think we should. I mean, look, there must be, uh, you know, there must be a, a, a real battle here to establish the truth. Um, and I hope that in the process of establishing the truth, the concept of scapegoats won't be there. People must take full responsibility, those who are responsible for it, and then we must uh, set up a system whereby such, an, uh, such a thing will, will, will never happen again. So, and of course, we, I don't think this will be um, something that can be done so quickly and so lightly. The people that uh, did this, of course, they have their interest, and they will try and defend those interests. Even when it comes to lying about uh, them not being, not being in the know about this thing, and all of that. Of course, you know, we've had incidents like that happening and people deny mm -hmm. as we know that mm -hmm. they were behind it. So I just hope, because this is Parliament, you know, uh, this is the place where South Africans put um, the people that should represent them to speak in their interest. And there is no other place in South Africa that it should be as democratic as Parliament. And if Parliament, the national Parliament set a precedent, next time, to be the provincial legislature. Okay, la and lastly... From there it will be a council. And okay. from there it's everybody's, everything. Okay, and, and, and lastly, just to you first, uh, Pomolelo, what good can come out of this? What good can come out of this, I think, is that South Africans are, they, their conscience have been pricked now and people are becoming aware. Oh, okay, the, the things that you've always taken for granted, you suddenly realize, oh, how important they are as soon as they, as soon as they are turned off. I think that, Will, will galvanize South Africans to be, con to be conscious and to be active and to be always aware. Um, and th th that's the only way we can protect uh, our freedoms and, 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 and fight for them. Mm. Someone suggested it's, it's a Bastille moment. I'm not suggesting any revolution whatsoever, but I think the people are just getting increasingly irritated and that's what it means. Just, just your thoughts in 30 seconds. What can we learn from this? What, what can we get out of it in terms of good? What can we get out of it in terms of good is that we need a balance of powers. We need to basically make sure that the checks and balances and the separation of powers work in our country. If we have an executive and a parliament that is simply not paying attention to our constitution, they must pay the price. Citizens must, must and as they are, what is good is that this galvanizes them. And it comes up. These are basic fundamental democratic freedoms. Everyone must have a say on this. You cannot be silent. And I think what we're beginning to see is that people are rising to that occasion and realizing that if we go down this road, it's a very slippery slope. Mm, and I have no doubt people aren't being galvanized on having a family braai. Uh, around the pool this afternoon, I have no doubt the discussion will be less about whether South Africa is going to beat Zimbabwe, but more about what happened on Thursday night. Andrew Trench, your final thoughts, 30 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I mean, taking away from this is just a very powerful idea. I mean, and the message that we need to send to our elected leaders that, uh, you know, our democracy belongs to us. You know, our parliament belongs to us. Uh, our media freedom is protected by the constitution. And I think what we're showing this week is that we're not prepared for people to trample on that and we will fight to protect it. And, and that's probably the big takeout. Whatever 
individuals may feel within the ruling party or, or government or state security or the security clusters, there's a sense amongst many people that at least in South Africa, the constitution is on our side. And that is just so significant. Andrew Trench, thanks for your time. Dale McKinley, appreciate your input. And uh, Impolelo Imhabela, the editor of the Sowetan as well as chairperson of the um, of Senate, the South African National Editors Forum, appreciate your input. I know lots of things will happen over the next few days. We will certainly follow it. Right.